and welcome to week six of the Punt Return podcast. As always, I'm joined by Nick Splitter. Nick, welcome back to uh, week six. Kind of week five feels like an eternity ago with no uh, Thursday night football. What did you make of uh, sort of Wednesday morning football here? Uh, I didn't, with the, I didn't uh, mind the it. I didn't mind the, the Wednesday morning football, but it does it does feel like it's been a long, long time. It's, it feels like it's been a really weird, funny week. Yeah, for the NFL. Has, been a, has been a weird Weird, weird season. Um, I do prefer the double Monday as opposed to, uh, or it's Tuesday here, but I prefer that compared to the Wednesday, but uh, which we'll get this week. So we'll get into into week six uh, in a little bit, but uh, we're six weeks into the season, and for me, the you know the overarching takeaway is that there's kind of no real complete team in the NFL. The, the strongest teams are, are really, really strong at, at something. And in particular, if you're looking at offense, they're really good at passing or really good at running the ball. But then they're also incredibly weak and their weakness is on full display. And there's only one sort of team that ranks in the top half of the league in in everything, in offense, defense, and special teams per DVOA. And that's the Steelers. They're 12th in offense, 7th in defense, and 12th in special teams. And kind of the next closest teams to that are Baltimore, Tampa, Seattle, and New Orleans. But looking at all those teams, you can kind of pick apart a key weakness. So, you know, the next sort of four or five weeks is going to be a big telling point on who will emerge as like the serious contenders and, and the, the, the reigning Super Bowl champions at the moment are kind of in a little bit of a lull. So for me, that's kind of the, the biggest talking point of the first sort of six weeks of the season. But looking back at week five, what was your, uh, what was your over your number one takeaway, I guess, of, of well, week five? I mean- Props where, where props is due. We we spoke about the Steelers in the preseason. We said that if there's if there is a complete team, it's probably them. Although we did talk about the Saints at this, in the same kind of tone. But uh, yep, yeah. What a, what an interesting first kind of month and a half. Bizarre. But uh, yeah, the Jets. Could the Jets get any worse? And yes, they can. <laughs> they can jettison their franchise running back. Who? Let's be honest. They paid him what twenty five mil for seventeen odd games, not bad for a franchise running back, but uh, not great for a franchise. Um, but yeah, they are just uh, an unimaginable rabble at the moment. The New York Jets. Yeah, they really are. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. They're easily the lowest ranked team in my ratings, and by a fair margin at this point. So um, yeah, it's not. It's not a it's not a great season, but we, I guess the the, we, we, the silver lining's about... got sandy brown hair and <laughs> and uh, you know he's probably related to Jennifer Lawrence, so I mean it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad fallback. But we talk about those teams that are are, are doing well in a lot of the, in multiple facets of of the game, and the Jets are just poor in everything. There's just yeah. nothing that they're really good at. There's nothing that stands out as something that they're they're you know really elite at. So yeah, it's yeah. a worry. It is a worry. Uh, for me, my biggest takeaway from week five was that it just sucked. It was just a depressing week. Um, the, the COVID schedule mess um, was probably my worst betting week ever. Just could not find a, a, a winner at all. Every Everything I touched just turned. Um, I was on Dak and he snapped his ankle. I was on the Chiefs and they just scored eight points and a half with the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, and then Philip Rivers unraveled, and yeah, it's just, it's just, it was just a shitty week. And then to top it off this morning, uh, uh, a, fa- a great Falcons beat rider, Vaughn McClure, passed away and unexpectedly. And and you know, it's just, it was re- just really depressing day on the timeline. And you know, it's it's tough when you see people like that struggling. Just it just kind of sums up 2020. Really, it's just been a real weird 
sort of weird week, weird NFL week. It was hard to have a, an overall takeaway from a football perspective with so much going on. So for me, it was I wanted to shift my focus to week six. But I guess if I had to focus on one football highlight, it was it was Brady forgetting which down it was, which was just bloody hilarious. It was just suck shit. <laughs> it's just that's your goat. Oh, come on, please. Yeah, it was uh, that was amazing to watch. It was amazing to watch, and and yeah, like you said that. It was a really tough week. I think that, that Dak injury, for as, as much as I hate the Cowboys, you know, I, I'm a huge Dak Prescott fan. I, th- I think it's really hard yeah. to hate the guy. So he just seems like a really genuine elite human being as well. So that was that was yeah. Shocking. And he's done a lot for, and it's kind of funny that a couple of days later we've got this Swarm McClure, you know, passing, and and Dak's been a big advocate for mental health and and all mm. that sort of stuff as well. So um, it just it's you know Dak is going to be a guy whose injury story and his comeback season is going to be epic. Um, and it will be with the Cowboys. I don't care what anyone says uh, on the herd or <laughs> you know ESPN or, or sports talk radio. It, like it just seems ridiculous. Like the Cowboys are not letting that that you know future MVP potentially uh, walk away. He has that he has that ceiling. So um, he's going to come back. So yeah, um, want to shift my focus. Anything else from uh, from Week Five that you want to want to look at? Oh, look at. The other thing that's kind of questioned me for most of the season so far is the Bills' defense. You know, I had them, I had them in my kind of top two or three defensive units coming to this season, and, and while they've been very impressive moving the ball offensively, they just they've they've seemed to lock to, to lack their eliteness on defense. And I just worry, I worry if their offense regresses, what's going to happen to to this Bills team? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like def- defenses uh, are always kind of real fluky year to year, even week to week. Mm. At times, they're just always got so much talent on that side of the ball. And they've spent. So- yeah, they do. I can see them easily getting better, but yeah, at the same yeah. time, there was they were bound to regress. They got very lucky with injuries and, and things last season. They didn't have too many serious injury. They had no they had no bad injury luck, and yeah, I always thought they were going to regress. But now that they've probably regressed too far, that you could probably see them. Mm you know, regressing sort of back. As long as their league average with the way Josh Allen has played um, for most of the season, then they're definitely a, a playoff chance. But I just find a, kind of find it funny that I apologise to Josh Allen and then he has his worst game of the season. I mean, my jinx is really undefeated and uh, we had people in Buffalo. Um, you know, somehow Buffalo beat writers were like retweeting my apology <laughs> form and people were like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, you should not know who the hell I am. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Sydney. Like, <laughs> how the fuck are you going to know who I am? So uh, it was pretty funny. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, we had some listener questions, uh, Nick. What, what have we got? Yeah, big one from uh, – speaking of beat riders, we had a, an American sports writer, Matt Zemek, in uh, in Phoenix last week writing. He, he actually wrote to us while we were recording last week, so we missed the question. But um, he, he asked last week, how many 3 and one teams are actually good teams and how many of them are headed for a likely downturn? I'll make that 4-1 four, four now or, or, or whatever. But, yeah, yeah they're, they're, I think there probably is a couple. There probably is a couple. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the Bears in particular when we get to them um, later on. Even though I like them this week, I just find them as a very flawed 4-1 team. It just seems um, bizarre that they're 4-1 that they're four and, four and, one and um, the Titans are a team that I, I think are very overrated, but um, at the same time, you know, you can't sort of sneeze at their record. Um, but yeah, I think of the four and one teams, I don't think the four and one Bears are that much better than the the one and four Chargers, the way that uh, Justin Herbert's playing. 
Um, and I would have talked about Justin Herbert more this week if we if the Chargers weren't on a bye, but we'll have to push that back another week. But um, he's he's been quite amazing. But yeah, the Bears in particular stand out to me. They, the they are the big one. They are the big one because they're so flawed in so many different ways, and and it's really yep. you know that there's been a fair bit of luck that's gone their way, and yep. obviously they've got a very good defense. We know that, but they don't have a lot else, and uh, you know. Well, yeah. I guess we'll see, but yeah, I, the, the Chicago Bears are the big one for me too. Yeah. Uh, any other questions from Matt before we move on to results? Uh, last one was, how are Aussies reacting to NFL COVID-19 responses? And I guess <laughs> for, for me, yeah, this is a bit of a chuckle, but I mean, there, what response? There is really no solid, regular, um, consistent COVID response. Um Every franchise yeah. does it differently. There's no there's no semblance of, of consistency or regularity about how it's being handled from franchise to franchise or or through the league in general. So it's uh it's, it's pretty laughable, really. Yeah, some teams are taking it a lot more serious than others. And you know, I ripped the Titans last week, and I'm going to rip them again when we get to them later on um, because they made their victory over the Bills some sort of like us against them sort of win against the haters for for the way that I'm thinking like just shut up and wear your masks and do the right thing. And, uh, you know, we're only five days removed from that. And now the Colts have been inundated with, uh, with COVID in their organization, which we don't know yet. It's just personnel within the organization, but they've issued a statement. They've sent everybody home and they're doing the right thing. And hopefully nothing else stems from that. But um, it just seems some teams are taking it. The, the, The teams that have a responsible head coach and a good GM are handling it a lot better than, than others. And I think, you know, I mean, without, without turning this into, you know, political soapbox, but there are some teams in some parts of America that handle it better than others. And you look at yep. the localities and the general political climates in some of those areas, it's not yep. surprising because that's the general yep. response to COVID in, you know, yep. in everyday life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Frank Reich is a responsible human and Mike Rabel's a meathead. So it's not really much <laughs> else to really say about that, but, uh, well, good. Let's um, let's talk results. Um, I went two and one again last week. This was the I should have just followed my podcast tips instead of going off uh, down the line in my tipping comp and, and the like. Uh, I went one and five in the tipping comp. That was awful, awful, awful. Um, but I'm eleven three and one on the season with the best bets. Our our best bet for the podcast last week went no good. So we're four one and one on locks of the week with Jacksonville. Uh, regressing back to probably where I expected them at the start of the season. Mm. Um, Nick, you, you're struggling this season with your best bets. What's, yeah, what's well, similar. You're, you're Buffalo guess, billing. Yeah, similar to what happened, I guess, at the start of last year. Last year started out a bit slow, but picked up during the middle of the season. And, uh, yeah, six and nine on best bets so far. It's uh, very nice. disappointing. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, two, nice, two in a row. Nice. Two in a row for the long shots. So hopefully that's the start, yep. of, uh, start of something special as it was last year. Yeah, good call on uh, New Hopkins, 125-plus receiving yards at close to $4 odds there. So uh, that's might, two in a row now. Go, so. Might go back to the well this week too. Yeah, exactly. Claw, yeah, clawing your way back. Um, but, yeah, let's um, let's get straight into week six. Seahawks, Saints, Chargers, and Raiders all on the buy. We may get a couple of other COVID-forced buyers if, if things don't go the Colts way, hopefully. Um, it doesn't, and uh, the schedule stays on t- on track because it looks like a pretty good slate this week. I feel a lot better about week six overall than I did last week for week five. So let's kick start. Atlanta at Minnesota. Minnesota minus four. The total is 54. 
Uh, this this line makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I have the Vikings like close to a touchdown at six and a half. I just don't understand like who's going out and, and putting serious money on the Falcons right now. It just doesn't make absolute sense to me. I they're just a mess. Like from top to bottom, they're just they're just even like Matt Ryan, who was good for the first month, he's not had a good couple of weeks. And yeah, and I know Minnesota are, are very Jekyll and Hyde, and they're likely to you know it wouldn't surprise me if they lose this game by twenty Minnesota, but you know, they're at home, they're a better team, they're better personnel, they have a better coaching staff. Um, they're on a 12-0 and against the spread um, run at home following a loss, um, and they're averaging 29 points a game their last three games. So I just think how you can't pick Minnesota here in this spot, um, even with Dalvin Cook out. Alex, Alexander Madison's a fine replacement, and if anything, it means that they probably won't be so run-reliant because they're not have to force-feed Dalvin Cook 15 to 30 times a game. Um, so, yeah, I'm all over Minnesota at the flat four. I took Minnesota minus three and a half uh, when it first opened. I was all about that. I took a lot of early lines this week. Um, I know we're recording later in the week, but, yeah, I'm still loving Minnesota minus four. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, there, there is no way that the Falcons should be within four points of, of the Vikings in Minnesota, even with you know a lack of crowd and, and the standard you know home ground advantage. Um, yep. the, the, the Falcons are a mess, exactly like you said. I, I am really intrigued about what happens with Atlanta's offense now. And you mentioned Matt Ryan and, and how he's been poor the last couple of weeks. In the first three weeks of the season, it was kind of like they were losing and they were losing badly because of their defense. But Falcons fans were like, at least we've got Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan's still a, still a gun. But the last two weeks, he's been, I mean, deplorable, really. I, I hate to say it because I love, I love Matty Ice, but there are... There are some big question marks about him now that the other two in the in the Atlanta Holy Trinity are gone. You know, Dan Quinn and, and Tom Dimitrov <laughs> are gone, but that you know they were they were the Holy Trinity in in the offensive scheme of of Atlanta, and they built everything around Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones. Um, yep. So that, that's that's a really big question mark. Um, you know, he's still contracted for a couple of years at at big money, so it's there's going to be some question marks about about what they do with Matt Ryan. Um, from here on out, if he if he can't get his form back, um, but like you said, like Alexander Madison's a really good backup. Um, it's his first start in the NFL. He'll be really keen to impress. I think um, I've uh, picked him off waivers in, in both my fantasy teams, and really interested to see him to see him play full games. But yeah, keep an eye on props. They're, they're not really out for Madison yet. So Minnesota have won the last four games between these two teams, and, and this is probably the worst Falcons team in this period and uh, six of the last seven day games in Minnesota have gone over. So just something to keep an eye on, but yeah, I agree with you hundred percent Minnesota minus four all day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, on the same page. Uh, let's move on to Baltimore minus seven and a half at Philly. Total is 48. Uh, I'm going to pass on this. I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on with the Baltimore offense. Um, Lamar Jackson only had two or three runs last season, which makes me uh, last season, last week, which makes me think that he's, you know, potentially carrying a small injury or, or not quite a hundred percent. He was on the injury report last week. So um, that kind of makes me reluctant to bet on them a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I don't really want to bet against them either because if it was just a tiny injury and he's, and he's fine this week, um, then they can just absolutely light up any team um, and, and score at will. So I don't really want to bet against Baltimore, but I'm not confident um, in betting you know, um, or laying the points with them when we when we haven't seen Lamar healthy yet. I want to see him back to you know 100% fit and what we saw from last year. His passing hasn't been as good this season 
as it was last um, last year. Uh, I saw some positive signs from the Eagles' offense last week um, against a pretty tough defense, even though I think the Steelers' pass defense has regressed a little bit. But it's a tough matchup for the Aussie Jordan Mailata against Kalei Campbell. Um, but, yeah, I've really struggled with the Eagles' rating all season. So it's just, just because of the injury toll. I just don't really know how to adequately rate them. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of my Philly matches are a void. Um, so, yeah, I'm mm. going to pass on this. But I love Mark Andrews this week, I think, Great matchup against uh, Philly up the seam who have been leaking yardage to tight ends. So 100-plus yards for Mark Andrews at $6. That's something I'm looking at, especially if Lamar's not going to be running the football. You get a lot more pass pass targets there. I'll look at some anytime uh, and maybe some two-plus, three-plus touchdown props as well for, for Mark Andrews. So I'm all over Mark Andrews this week. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah, you're not sure what's going with the Baltimore offense. I'm not sure what's going with the Philadelphia Eagles offense and – defense and quarterback and secondary and everything. uh, (laughs) Miles Sanders is pretty good, though. So I expect they'll give him a fair bit of the ball. But you're right, Mark Andrews is a huge, huge question for the the Eagles this week. And uh, don't mind that 100 yards, just quietly, but pass from me. Perfect. Let's uh, and you never bet Philly games anyway, so never. uh, Never. (laughs) Good reason, as as you're finding out. Yep, uh, I've been I've been okay with Philly this this year. They they the money line against the Forty ers was was money for jam, but it kind of just helped me pay back from the week earlier where they were terrible against the Bengals. Um, Chicago at Carolina, Carolina one point favorite. Total is forty four and a half. I took uh, I, I took Chicago plus two and a half earlier in the week. That's gone now. Um, as I said at the top of the show, I don't really rate Chicago highly at all, and I, and I really love what Matt Rule's doing with Carolina. But I actually think this public perception, because the Panthers are fun and because they're exceeding expectation and the Bears have been winning ugly and, and probably not playing as good as what their record suggests, I think that the wrong team's probably favoured here. I think this should be Pickham or, or Bears' slight favourites. So that's why I like getting the plus points with the Bears. But at the... At the one, I'm not really keen on it. If I have to pick a side, I'll just take the Bears' money line at this point. Um, look, I don't think the Bears should be 5-1, and one, but I think this is a, a pretty good matchup. I think Foles should have some success throwing to Allen Robinson here against the uh, the Panthers' defense, and I really like the the, the, uh, the Bears' defense to uh, you know shut down Mike Davis a little bit and um, and force Teddy Bridgewater to, to throw it, and, and the, the Bears' corners have, have done a pretty good job. So, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance that they win this game. So I'm looking at Alan Robinson, over 74.5 receiving yards at $1.90. That's probably the, the play that I'll, I'll tip up on the podcast. Took Chicago early in the week, but I'm not going to take it at the current line. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded the Bears at the plus 2.5, but the one the one's just too too narrow. I think in games like this where you've got one very good defense against a, a pretty good offense in the Panthers, and they are pretty good. They've proved themselves this far to be um, you know, worth some points. I, I tend to to generally side with the defense more more than the offense. But this season, there's been a, a definite trend to the overs in, in games, and so I'm just not I'm not confident enough. I, I'm a bit confused about how this this game is going to play out. The the Bears' weak points on defense is stopping the run. They're they're just below league average. They've allowed four touchdowns on the ground, and the following to lead backs each week. They've allowed. 106 yards to Ronald Jones, 68 to Jonathan Taylor, 80 to Todd Gurley, who's having a down year, 79 yards to the Giants the week that Barkley got injured, and 93 yards to Adrian Peterson in week one. Uh, Mike Davis has proven that he's, he's capable at this level, and his his over-under line for rushing yards is only 60 
and is 60.5. So I, I don't mind that. I'll have a little play at that at a dollar eighty, dollar ninety. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's a pass for me. It's kind of funny that the Panthers are thriving without Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Um, I think it's like, like a great player, but it's just funny. Well, I think, like you said, with uh, with Dalvin Cook and, and the Vikings, it's just given them more stability and more evenness across their offense. They're not focusing on, on one bloke, and yeah. you know, I think it's the same is happening. Same is happening in Carolina. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, Cincinnati at Indy, uh, India, eight point favorites at home. Total is forty six. We mentioned at the top of the show that the the culture in a bit of a COVID. Shut down at the moment, so I assume a lot of this this game's probably off the board now. But it was at eight, at the time of recording. Um, yeah, I took Cincy plus ten uh, when it first opened on on Tuesday. I took a little bit of the juice um, and took it at a dollar eighty. Um, I just don't think the Colts should be giving laying ten to anybody, um, except maybe a couple of teams in New York uh, at this at this point in time. And it's it's trended towards a touchdown now. The spread at seven and a half at a lot of places. Um, but yeah, look, Rivers was pretty rubbish last week, but I'll say the O-line's actually underperforming as well. The run blocking, especially in particular, hasn't been as good as expected. And we were missing uh, Anthony Costanzo last week that kind of hurt um, with against Miles Garrett. Um, so that kind of put Rivers under the pump a little bit. So I really want to see a little bit more from him. Who I think, you know, through five matches, he's been good in three and bad in two. So I still think he's performing a lot better than Jacoby Reset did last year. And I think it's just... There's so much stigma around interceptions that people forget that, you know, taking long sacks and holding the ball too long and, and things like that are just as detrimental to an offense that Brissett did last year as, as opposed to throwing interceptions. So I think Rivers is still an up, upgrade over Brissett. Um, I don't think the sky is falling in particular, but it's just depressing to see um, a couple of bad decisions. Um, but, yeah, it was hard. I think the Bengals' defense played pretty well last week, all things considered, the amount of, you know, short fieldy field uh, they gave up with with turnovers and fumbles and all sorts um, that they produced on offense. I thought they did a pretty good job at, you know, holding them to the, the Ravens to plenty of field goals, only two offensive touchdowns. Um, and I think since you have a great chance to, to cover here um, and I'm, I'm really bummed that the Bengals had a chance late to, to get a touchdown and potentially still cover the, the, the 14 <laughs> points. Um, and then it, it turned into a uh, fumble recovery touchdown to who a, a guy that I actually have tipped up uh, on the uh, preseason show, Patrick Queen for Defensive Rookie of the Year, $12. So it was kind of like a real bittersweet moment for Joey Covers, but uh, Patrick Queen into like 4 or $5 now for Defensive uh, player of the uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. So you're kind of a wash there. But, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid it the current line, but I took Cincy early on in the week. Yeah, anything double digits, if the Colts are favorite, I'll, I'll be taking the other side this season. It's not Jay, built to win by big big score lines. James James would be loving that defensive rookie of the year book that you're quietly building there. But uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I guess Joey covers doesn't just cover as, as you've been saying for a month. But uh, yeah, it's, look out. Yeah, how, how's it how's it to be a Colts fan in in Indianapolis? They've finally been approved to to get extra fans in the stadium. They're gonna it was going to be twelve and a half thousand people at Lucas Oil Stadium this week, uh, and and you imagine they were going to be pretty loud off the back of that number one ranked defense, but now the, there's the potential for the Colts to be shut down for, for a period. So yeah. uh, there's question marks there, but yeah, look, it's, it's tough. The, like you said, the, the Cincinnati defense was pretty good last week. They still conceded 27 and this indie defense is, is even better. Um, they're both really solid units. I, I really like the, well, I don't really like, but I'm leaning the unders here. Indy averaged 25 points per game, Cincinnati 20 points per game. 
Colts aren't perfect. You've mentioned it a, a few times. This Colts team isn't perfect by any means, especially on offense, but they should still be too good defensively for the Bengals. And, and I just can't see the Bengals scoring um, a whole lot against this, this Colts defense if they play. So I, I lean the unders, but it's not a strong play by any, by any stretch. I was going to say you're a, you're a brave man if you're betting the uh, NFL unders in uh, <laughs> in uh, 2020. I can tell you that. that I know, just, I know. That's why it's just a lean. It's not a big play, but it's a yeah, lean. Yeah, no, I just uh, I just can't do it. Even if my numbers are like massive, I just it's just the way the NFL is trending. I just it just terrifies me to death. Um, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus three and a half. The total is 51. Um, I was hoping this would get to flat three. I've been watching it and watching it and watching it all week, and just don't think it's going to get there. Um, if it does get there, it's probably my favorite play of the week. Um, but I'll probably still take Pittsburgh minus three and a half. I think the Browns have sort of hit their peak market price now. They're, they're four straight wins to their name, but people forget when they played a really good elite team back in week one, they got absolutely hammered. This feels like the perfect time to fade them. They're up against a team I think's in that top tier amongst the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC. Um, it's a bad matchup. Steelers rank second in in uh, yards per rush allowed and first in rush defense DVOA and, and um, Odell Beckham's missed some practice this week because he's sick. Baker Mayfield got took a hit late in that game and looks a little bit injured as well. So I'm all aboard the uh, Pittsburgh train here. I'm, I'm high on them. They're one of my big futures plays. Um, I want to see a little bit more sort of downfield throwing from Big Ben. Um, he's been relying on a lot of yards after the catch, which is fine. They have a lot of players and personnel that can do that. I just want to I just want to feel a little bit better about their offense if they if they are down in a hole that Big Ben can kind of claw, claw his way back and, and make some plays and just kind of see a little bit more vintage Big Ben. I know we probably won't see him at his peak ever again, given his age and, and the injuries he's taken, but that's that's my only, my only concern with Pittsburgh at the moment. Obviously, their pass defense has regressed a little bit, but I still don't think this passing offense is going to concern them at all. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield's just been kind of a, a game manager at this point and... Uh, yeah, I think uh, Pittsburgh and their 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 offensive weapons match up really good against Cleveland. So yeah, I like I like Pittsburgh at home here um, at the three and a half. I think probably if if you weren't getting the, the Browns at their hype here, it's probably a probably a five four and a half five in that right in that Vegas zone line. Um, but there's a little bit of value for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I I agree again. And how was Chase Claypool last week? This kid is incredibly talented. Um, Four yeah. touchdowns in a game. I mean, it sounds like it would be done a shitload, but it, it hasn't. I mean, 100 years of the NFL has been done 158 times. It's one and a half times a, a season, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, yep. But you're right. The, the Browns have been have been good the last couple of weeks. The Steelers are still clearly a class above. We mentioned earlier at the top of the show, the only franchise inside the top 15 in all of offense, defense, and special teams DVOA. They're one of the better teams across the entire NFL. And after all, this is the Cleveland Browns. So until I see it regularly and consistently, we're starting to get there. But uh, I'm not going to get too excited about the Browns just yet. Uh, I also agree I prefer the flat three, but I think I'll probably have a nibble even even with the extra half a point. Um, I just love Pittsburgh this season. You know, from from a Philly fan, it's, it's hard to say, but I, I, love, I love Pittsburgh. I love the way that they've built this franchise. I love the way they've built the roster. Um, we, we spoke about Big Ben just needing to be league average, and, and that's about what he is. And there's there's room for, for progression and room for improvement still. So it's it's really exciting to 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 watch Pittsburgh this season. So I'm, I'm on the Steelers. 
Yeah, um, and this yeah Claypool. I mean, you just look at his measurables from the combine and what he put up. He's just a, he's just twitched up and just a freak athlete. So, I mean, it's not overly surprising to see someone that's just that athletically gifted to make those plays. But still, to put it all together, we've seen plenty of people with that uh, ability not make it all work. So you still got to have the, uh, the the mental game to to make it all work and come together. So uh, good on him. I think he's into like third favorite now for offensive rookie of the year. So. Um, a couple more games like that, and who knows? Um, he also only played. On. He only played seventy percent of the snaps as well. So to do that, in, yeah. to do what he did in in seventy percent of, of offensive game time is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. Um, Denver at New England. New England minus nine and a half. Total is forty five. Um, I'll be brief on this. Um, it looks like Drew Locke's probably leaning towards playing, and Cam Newton has been activated. I think Stephon Gilmore is looking like he'll play as well. I know this is a big spread, but you're getting Bill Belichick off a bye against a young, experienced QB. I think you should coach the pants off Fangio. So anything under under that 10, um, I'm all over it. I know it's a big line, but um, New England at home off a bye against a rookie QB. Um, yeah, I just think it works. Denver's defense is, is good, but I just don't know if their offense can take advantage of you know, of, of a team that held Patrick Mahomes and probably should have beaten the Chiefs, really, when you when you think about it, the amount of, you know, luck that Mahomes had. He could should have had a few interceptions against the Pats and a few turnovers there. So I just don't think they're up to speed and I think New England roll. Yeah, it is it's a it's a big line. You know, two historically defensive powerhouses, but the Pats aren't aren't that this season. They're certainly more dynamic on offense, especially with Cam Newton. Uh over over Tom Brady, but they've got the, the number three ranked rushing offense. The Broncos' strength is their run defense. That they're, they're ranked tenth. I just can't take a, a I can't I can't do anything in a game with a ten point line and a forty five point total, where they're just they're, there are so many question marks about both teams. So it's a, it's a pass for me. Yeah, I feel like looking at New England's like metrics. It's hard because you've got that just that offense putrid offensive performance without cam in there and with only five games or four games really under their belt it's like that's 25 percent of their snaps is without cam newton so i do think their defense showed signs of life and uh, trending back towards being a top 10 unit last week or when they last played against the chiefs so that's the only reason i'm leaning toward that way but i do agree with the logic um but just i don't know i don't think drew lock's that big of an upgrade from what they had i just i like drew lock but i just don't know I just need to see more. I need I need to before I'm all in on, on Drew Locke, but we'll see. Um, all right, Detroit minus three at Jacksonville. Total is 54. Um, this is a pass for me. I just don't know how you can confidently pick a side here. The Lions have lost five games with a double-digit lead. They've lost 14 of their last 16 in the Matthew, Edward, F and Patricia era. And the Jags have been outscored by 42 points in their last three outings after surprising, you know, kind of weeks one and two. Um, I think they're kind of back to who we thought they were, as I said at the top of the show. Um, yeah, my numbers lead towards taking the home dog, but I just not for me. I just can't do it here. Um, I want to see a bit, little bit more of Detroit's offense now that Kenny Golladay is back in the lineup as well. So I'm going to avoid this one at all costs. Yeah, I'll keep it short too. I don't trust either of these sides, so it's a pass for me. Easy, mate. I love that. I love it. <laughs> Plenty <laughs> of other good sweet. matchups there. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee minus three and a half. The total is 53. Um, yeah, I'm all over Tennessee here. Look, I don't think Houston's as bad as, as their record and, and reputation is. And and I'm normally really low on 
on the Texans. I'm kind of just always seem to be low. And that part of that was my disdain for Bill O'Brien. Um, and they're, they're 13th in DVOA at the moment. Um, and they're one and four, but I also think the Titans are a little bit, uh, kind of overrated as well. But even that, even saying both of that, I have this line at minus five and a half Tennessee at home here. I know they're on the short week. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't do it. So I'm going to take, take the Tennessee minus three and a half here. The numbers like it. I kind of hate picking the Titans because they've, they've just been up into themselves after that whole world against us game last week. Just, yeah, shut the fuck up, put your mask on and do the right thing and then cover against the Texans, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hold you to account because every week that we've done this pod together and that I've listened to you doing this podcast previously, you've hated the Texans and said that they're yeah. overrated rubbish and garbage yeah. and have absolutely shut on them every week. So yeah, you say they're not that bad. And I'm defending it. Yeah, this <laughs> is just, know. this is not, uh, I don't know. 2020 uh, is weird, man. This is not on. in a weird space right now. This, this is not on because historically <laughs> I've liked a lot of what the Texans have done. And this year I'm saying the Texans are trash and I still say the Texans <laughs> are trash. Um, but yeah, apparently it helps to, to have COVID in your franchise because when you do even really, Vaunted defenses like the Buffalo Bills don't want to come anywhere near you. And uh, that's what it looked like last yeah. week with the Titans because they demolished the Bills' defense. Um, they did. The, Rest the in Texans, peace, Josh Norman. Yeah, right. That's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I, yeah. I quite like Josh Norman. I mean, he's, he's a very good player and, and I like him. He's yeah. funny. And, yeah, uh, speaks great his sense mind. Of humor. I appreciate Great, great yeah, sense definitely. of humor. And, uh, I agree. I'm not sure what he thinks of this highlight being uh, a no. meme right now, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, the, the Texans <laughs> The Texans barely have a defense at all. Um, and they're 26th against the run. Derrick Henry is due for one of those big, you know, 180-yard games that, that we see from him as, as a powerful runner. Funnily enough, the last time the, the Titans played the Texans, he had 211 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, on the cards, a big mammoth game from Derrick Henry. Um, Last year, the Titans at the number five DVOA offense, as far as running the ball was concerned. This season, they're, they're only at 16. So this might be the week that they they right the ship in a big way. And Derrick Henry has that big game to, to kind of get those numbers back up. Um, his line, we, we spoke about this off air just, just before we started recording, but his line, his over and under rushing yard line is huge. 105 and a half yards at, at even money, which is massive. But uh, yeah, I like it. I'm taking that. And I'm taking yeah. the Titans. Titans line. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. Um, yeah, I really like I really like Derrick Henry this week, um, especially because he hasn't been great so far in terms of racking up numbers. So this this is kind of he normally takes like a month to warm up, kind of get it's, going. He's like it's like an engine idling in the cold before uh, yeah, it before is, it warms up. So. It, it is a bit like that. It's funny that like we talk about him kind of due for a big game. He still had two games of over a hundred rushing yards, like. Yeah. But that's just how good this guy can be when he's on, in that he can do this every week. You know, he can he, he can be that 140, 150-yard average runner um, with, with, you know, a touchdown or two every week. It's just he's incredible. But I uh, haven't seen it enough this season yet, so we'll see. Yeah. I'm just I'm just um, stunned that I made a car reference because if anyone knows me, I am not at all mechanical or hands-on or anything. No, me either. I, just, I detest cars and, like, I will be avoiding Bathurst at all costs this weekend. <laughs> Me too. Goddamn guarantee, God guarantee that. Um, all right. Washington at the New York Giants. Giants, two and a half points at favourite at home. Total is 42 and a half. Can I start I this Washington- 
Yeah, go. Betting, betting on the NFC East? Hell no. No way. <laughs> not at all. Pass for me. On to you. I agree with you a little bit here. I took Washington plus four early in the week thinking Alex Smith was going to start and I regret it. Um, and that's kind of that. That's all that needs to be said here. Even though the lines moved in my favor, I don't feel good about it. Um, if this gets any lower or, or close to one, I'll, I'll probably just try and hedge and, and gap. Um, Cause I just don't, I don't really want to be invested in this game any, in any way, shape or form. Unfortunately, um, good on Alex Smith for coming back. I think he's like dollar 50 now for comeback player of the year. Feel like you need to play a little bit more games than than one. I know taking the field is an astonishing effort because I heard his story. He was on Levitard show a while back talking. Mm. He nearly died. Um, so that's he was. I mean, he was a, lucky, like yeah, you said, lucky, lucky yeah. to come away with his life. But even lucky, lucky yeah. to, to come away with a, with two legs. Yeah, just, exactly. And then an to have story. the willpower to get back onto the field, it, it is crazy. Um, I did love. I saw a quote um, coming into the game where where he just said, for me to be able to look my kids in the eye and tell them that they should never give up, that they should always yeah. keep keep pushing. Um, and, and the way that his kids reacted and his wife reacted when he stepped on oh. the field and played that first snap yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Great I felt story. so nervous. So his second snap, yeah, Aaron Donald jumps on his back. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> if there's anyone you don't want in that moment, it's Aaron Donald. But uh, oh, no, credit, credit to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I won't be watching him this week, though, unfortunately. Sorry, Alex, if you if you take the field again. Um, New York Jets at Miami. Miami, nine and a half point favourites, um, 47. Um, yeah, I took Miami eight, minus eight early in the week. Um, and now this is all the way out to 10. I can see it kind of bouncing back down a little bit. Um, but anything under 10, um, I lean Miami. I just, yeah, just the Jets are just a bad, bad football team, especially on offense. I mean, their defense is absolutely trying their guts off. Um, they're just like, they're just not getting any help from their offense. Like they're just gassed and it just takes its toll. Well, coach. Like, there's, yeah, there's just so many, there's only so many things you can do on defense. But if your offense keeps coughing the ball up and, and doing three and outs and punting the ball away, eventually you, you kind of, you just kind of lose it. It's just another, you just keep breaking down and breaking down. And uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Fitzmagic, what a, what a game last week. Um, just an enigma. I love this guy. Um, I don't, it sounds weird, but I, I, I kind of want him in the Hall of Fame, even though he probably shouldn't be. But I just, he needs to be memorized somehow. And you can't tell the story of the NFL without uh, talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just, he, yeah. He needs, he needs a separate, clo- like the janitor's closet off the hall. Like yeah, just, just another little room where you, you keep yeah. a few knickknacks and whatever. But I reckon yeah. if, if he if he plays for another another team again and does a similar thing, then sure, I mean, surely. I don't know. I don't know. Surely they I, can give him a closet it, in the it, Hall of Fame. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid this one, and I I, I won't be watching this, this game, unfortunately. Yeah. When do you recall when the last time the Dolphins were nine point favorites? No, I could probably can, check, for the life of me. For, for the life of me, I cannot think of a time when they were nine-point favourites. But no matter how bad the Jets are, and they are really, really bad, I can't take the Dolphins uh, at nine points. I just can't do it. And have I mentioned how bad the Jets are? <laughs> it's just a no, massive pass for me. There you go. The Dolphins were uh, week three of – where are we? I just lost it. 2016, I think. There you go. Um, I'll double confirm that at, and post it on Twitter. But yeah, there we go. Um, that could be. It's been it's been a long time four four or five years. 
That, that could be wrong. Uh, I might have. I was just trying to quickly read in between uh, games there. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to like probably one of the, the games of the round here. Green Bay minus one uh, at home, uh, not at home, on the road, actually, taking on Tampa Bay. Uh, the total is 56. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I think this is the kind of the first real test for the Packers offense. You know, Tampa are one of those seven or eight teams with a with a good um, defense, um, mm. quote-unquote good in, in the year 2020 in terms of defense. But the secondary is filled with some really young, you know, good, hungry playmakers there, a couple of rookies that are, that are playing really, really well. And I think this is the first game since the season opener where Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans will both start. Um, and I think Tampa Bay actually have the, over the ed, have the edge here in terms of the, the matchup because I do think uh, the Green Bay defense is quite overrated. Um, J- Jair Alexander does a great job of shutting down. He shut down Calvin Ridley, shut down AJ Green. Uh, sorry, was it AJ Green? I can't even remember now. Uh, that's that's how long this week, this season has been. I can't even remember who who he shut down, but he's he's been he's just been playing so well. And but apart from that, with Chris Goldwyn back, you can only shut down one of those guys. You're mm-hmm. talking two sort of top ten receivers in the NFL. I think that's going to help Tampa Bay's offense immensely. And we, you talked about Ronald Jones, uh, a top uh, uh, talking about taking on uh, who was it? Uh, 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 who was it? Was it the Bengals defense? The Bears. The Bears. The Bears, the Bears defense. defense. He had a great. He had a great week back then. Uh, 10 days ago, Thursday Night Football played really, really well. Um, and Green Bay's run defense is, is really bad. Um, so I think he can have a great game as well, potentially open play action there with with Godwin and Evans. And look, Rodgers has been thoroughly outplaying Brady, but uh, given that you know Tampa Bay's defense is, is a little bit better, I have to give the edge to Tampa Bay at home here. So I'm going to take the money line um, here anywhere above $2.10. Um, and I think you know Green Bay are off a bye week, sure, but kind of negated with Tampa Bay playing Thursday night football. Like they've had a good 10 day rest as well. So um, I'm all over. Uh, yeah. The Tampa Bay money line here is it pains me to say to take Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers Cause I believe <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Um, I just think the team around them. Um, I, and I think green Bay kind of a letdown spot. Um, they're, they're flying high at the moment, but uh, yeah, this is a, this is a real good test, but I'm, I'm very keen to watch this one. Yeah. Probably, probably my game of the week too. Uh, and, and I don't disagree with pretty much any of that, to be honest. Uh, I think they're two really well-balanced teams, except for one thing called the Green Bay Packers defense. They're 25th in both in both pass and run defensive DVOA. And they're up against a, a really, I guess they're improving offense. They've got a lot of talent. Um, they haven't quite been able to put it all together at, all at once just yet, but they're improving. Um, they're very solid in both pass and, and run games. So... Yeah, it's really it's it's going to be a fascinating matchup. So also, the best defense the Packers have come up against. It's it's a real um, interesting game between the number one DVOA offense, the number two DVOA defense uh, for this season. So really interesting. I, I can't wait to to watch it. Um, yeah, Ronald Jones is is the big one. I think for for me, um, he's averaged one hundred eight rushing yards the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm expecting him to to make that three in a row hat trick from Ronald Jones. He's quietly a top five running back as far as value is concerned. He's number two uh, in DYAR and number three in DVOA on Football Outsiders. Just needs a couple more scores to be talked about in that same realm as, as the top tier backs this season. He, it's the one thing that he's lacked so far in the first kind of month and a bit is I think he's only got one touchdown on the season. So 
Um, that's the question mark on Ronald Jones, but but I expect him to uh, to be up there again in, in yardage. Packers have won 10 of their last 11. Um, we know what their last loss was. So it is a big test for, for the Bucks defense, like like you mentioned uh, earlier. Packer yep. games average total score 63 points. Bucks games average total score 50 points. I know we, we spoke at 56, but just before the, the podcast, I saw it at 55. So I like yep. the uh, the over 55. I think there's going to be I think there's going to be plenty of points in this one. And Ronald Jones, 75 plus rushing yards at $2.50, I think is way overs. And 100 yards at, at $5 is also overs. So I'll be having a play on both of those. Yeah, awesome. I should have just passed it off to you to speak about Ronald Jones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nail, hit the nail on the head. I think he's the key in this game. Um, you know, all effects will be on the on the Aaron's, but it could be the uh, the Rojo show mm. um, with uh, with Ronald Jones. Um, and the, the the receiver I was thinking about was Marvin Jones, not AJ Green, yeah. former team former teammate yeah, in Cincinnati, um, a fair way back. But yeah, uh, Jai Alexander held Marvin Jones. He did score a touchdown, but and he had twenty three yards against the Lions um, offense. So I think he's kind of this this next sort of young potential shutdown corner. Did a great job against uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, back in back in week four. So you know, uh, do you know he played punt yeah. returner in college, Jerry Alexander. What a uh, what a start. Returned, what returned a, a uh, Dane Roy punt for a touchdown. There you go. Check out <laughs> the uh, Dane Roy uh, podcast on uh, Sportscaster Media. Check last, that out. Uh, last little segue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good shout on the overs as well. I I didn't mind that. I saw fifty four and a half. Um, Earlier go. in the week for Green Bay, and I was going to take it because similar to, to what I did last week with Pittsburgh and Philly, you're getting two good quarterbacks um, going head to head in 2020. You kind of just want to lean over. Just no matter you know what time's left on the clock, you, you know there's a chance that they can get a field goal or a touchdown. Um, you know, late in a in a half at any given time. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of bodes well for, for for your overs bets there. Um, let's move on to uh, Sunday night football, LA. On the road, minus three and a half at San Fran. Total is 52. Look, it's hard to kind of back the 49ers after what we saw last week, getting beat by 30 points to, to the Dolphins. But this line's moved so much off the look-ahead number of 49ers minus three that I, I don't think I really have a choice. Um, is the gap between these teams grown six and a half points in a week? Uh, I don't think so. Like I just think the 49ers has had one of those games where everything just went wrong. And I don't think it's, it's really that... Indicative of their of their actual talent and their coaching staff, and look, I know Jimmy Garoppolo struggled last week, but you know he wasn't close to 100. percent They rushed him back, um, and they kind of benched him because of that a little bit to protect him when they were down big, um, and he he didn't suffer any setbacks. So I actually think the 49ers defense will will rebound a little bit, and their offense will, will be able to move the ball against the Rams defense that. Um, that is far better at defending the pass than the run and, and Mostert's back and, and the run game that Kyle Shanahan schemes up should be, should, should be good here. Um, and look, I like the over as well. Um, the San Fran defense is obviously banged up and, and struggling, but the Rams defense is really overrated. They've only really played the NFC East and the Bills. And apart from Aaron <laughs> Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey, it's a lot of below average players it's sort of stars and scrubs on their on their defense so you know and the stars is there's only two or three of them um which you could say a lot about a lot of teams but i think in particular the rams it's quite evident the gap in talent at the top tier to the rest of the team um but yeah i think shenahan always has really great game plans against this team i think he loves you know trying to out coach sean mcveigh 
Um, so yeah, I really like San Fran plus three and a half here, and I, and I like the over fifty two as well. I think both these teams uh, will be able to put up points against. Uh, I think both are better on offense than they are on defense in in twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the the Niners' offense. Like you said, you know, most it's back. Jimmy G won't be that bad again, probably. Uh, I mean, he has his moments, but yep, I, I am scared for the Niners' defense. They're they're really banged up, and they were just horrid last week. And uh, this Rams' offense is, you know, there's some talent on the Dolphins' offense. We know where that is, but this. Rams offense is a, is a different kettle of fish. I like the total. There, there should be a lot of points. Um, the Rams top 10 in both pass and rushing offense DVOA. The Niners are, are number six in, in rushing DVOA. Um, and the Rams have a, have a bottom 10 run defense. So there should be plenty of plenty of points here. Um, looking at the, the Rams wide receivers as well, I, I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunities for for Jared Goff to, to, air, the ball, to air the ball out and, and those receivers to, to get on top. Um, it is really hard when you look at, at props to kind of pick which one is going to go off in any given week. I love Robert Woods. I'm a, I'm a huge Robert Woods fan. So I tend to look at him first most weeks and 75 plus yards at $1.90 is, uh, is not bad. And uh, on the, the Niners side, George Kittle, 75 plus receiving yards, $2. Uh, the Rams are 18th against tight ends so far this season. So uh, big opportunity for, for Kittle to, to kind of stamp his authority on this game. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to take either team, but I like the overs, over 52. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo bouncing back. It kind of reminded me of, you know, Carson Wentz against the 49ers a couple of weeks back where, where I was big on Philly. And it was Wentz was coming off kind of his worst performance as a quarterback. Mm. And I think kind of Jimmy G's, that was probably Jimmy G's worst performance in, in recent years. And, like, you just can't be that bad again. Like, there's just... Like you can, but when you really think about it, like <laughs> these these guys are professional athletes. Like they know what mistakes they made, you know. And you know when you have a bad performance like that, you you, you kind of get back in the nets or, or back at the range or, or get back on the court and you just practice and you practice mm. and you practice. And I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo he's going to be a lot healthier. I do think and, he's going to play much better. And I mean, he knows he knows his limitations, right? He knows he's yeah. not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be. Jared Goff. He's not going to be, you know, Pat Mahomes. He's not that type of quarterback. Um, and so, like you said, it, it, he, he's going to have his moments. He's, he's not going to have those games where he he racks up massive stats. But, you know, he's yeah. going to manage games. He's going to run the offense and, and he's going to do it well most weeks, which leads me to, you know, Matt, Matt Zemek asked another question uh, earlier in the week, which I'll pose to you. Um, he asked, when Jimmy G comes back, will the 49ers offense be able to win shootouts given the many injuries to the pass rush? I mean, I'm not sure that Jimmy G is the answer to, to winning shootouts. You know, he's not a shootout kind of quarterback and they're not going to rely on the Niners. They're not going to rely on Jimmy G um, to, to kind of do that in, in high scoring games. What do you reckon? Yeah, I just don't think this is the 49ers year, unfortunately. I just don't know if he can win shootouts. I mean, we did we did see some ability from Jimmy G late last season where, you know, the, I think it was against Seattle and, and the Cardinals where they, they kind of got into these shootouts and he made some clutch clutch, clutch throws late in games. So um, he's shown he has potential, but I just don't know if he can do it week after week after week. I just don't know if he's, he's that caliber of quarterback. And, and in particular this week, you know, the San Fran can fall into a two and three hole here in a really tight division. So this is a this is a make or break game. I actually give the, the Niners a chance to win this outright. I just think that 
this is kind of is it's I know it's only week six, but it's kind of a make or break game for them, um, given they're at home and and it is against a rival like that. So it's a kind of a, a huge game when you when you look ahead and, and their mm. schedule does not get any easier after this. So they need to they need to get these these wins on the board. I think if you'd asked preseason and you asked around the, the Niners winning shootouts, I would have said nearly every time I back the Niners defense to, to win, mm. you know, in clutch clutch moments in, in the last two minutes. Um, but without that, uh, I'm not sure Jimmy G's your, your man. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, someone that can do that, though, is Patrick Mahomes, and he's on the road, minus four and a half at Buffalo. The total is 57. Uh, Kansas City, they, they fucked me last week, um, so I'm a little bit hesitant to, to reload here, but uh, I have this flat three, so there is a little bit of value in Buffalo, plus four and a half. Uh, but my number number one rule this season, Nick, and you know it well, is to not bet against <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to avoid this one. The total is very, very high, 57. Mm. But, again, I'm not I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes and I'm not taking unders. So this will just be a sit back and, and relax and uh, enjoy my apology to Josh Allen or realise the Y jinx is really one of the most <laughs> powerful tools in football and watch him just turn back into the Josh Allen of old and, and watch KC roll. Uh, but I'm keen to watch this game. I think uh, this should be a good one. And I do think Kansas City off a, a really bad performance like that. Um, I think Andy Reid's going to, you know, going to pull out the big guns and the big plays um, in this one. Yeah. Look, the Buffalo defense is not what we expected coming into the season, as we've said a, a few times. And Pat Mahomes, I think will be the difference in this one. He could, he could carve up the Bills defense and the Bills secondary, the way that they've been playing. I think that's that's going to be the difference. I think the Chiefs are still really good against the pass. You know, they're number two uh, DVOA pass defense, which, which equals out the Bills' number four DVOA passing offense. And and the Bills, you know, ball in, in, in hand on the ground, they're, they're anemic. They're, their rushing offense mm-hmm. is, is dead last in DVOA. Um, so I really think Pat Mahomes and, and the receivers on the Chiefs' side is, is going to be the difference. And um, I think, you know... I, you said it is it is a high points total, but uh, with good reason. And I think the the Chiefs are going to score a lot, and uh, I think they're going to win this by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I'm just worried about Josh Allen's rushing ability against these linebackers to to kind of convert third downs. But uh, I, I like the Titans' game plan of sort of just dropping back and and mm. saying, "All right, you can beat us." You know, in that in in that short intermediate range where you're not quite as accurate as you'd like to be, Josh. So. Um, that's going to be interesting to see if KC take note. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Kansas City next week, but if if they play as bad as they did in the second half offensively against the Raiders in this game, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit worried, but um, mm. we'll, we'll see what Le'Veon Bell does to this passing offense. It probably won't be this this week, but it'll be the following week. I think still think he's going to be okay outside of Adam Gase, as it's been proven. Um, if you can get away from, Robbie, uh, from uh, Adam Gase, such as Robbie Anderson, um, it bodes well for you, so uh, we'll wait and see. Um, all right, last game of the week, Monday Night Football. Arizona minus two at Dallas. The total is 55. Um, I'm all over the Cowboys here. Money line plus two. Um, they did us both dirty last week. Mm. Um, unfortunately, kind of wasn't really their fault. Losing your quarterback like that is stiff, but they were in a little bit of a hole before that happened anyway. But I don't know what I'm missing here. Like, like I'm a massive Dak Prescott believer. Um, that's not a you know Cowboys fan. Like I'm a massive Dak Prescott fan, but 
the line moving six points across zero seems really crazy to me, considering like this backup quarterback is probably one of the better backups in the league. Um, and Andy Dalton's a fine replacement, and he'll be able to move the ball with this receiving call. CD Lamb is just getting better every, every week. Michael Gallup could be number one on most teams, and he's their, probably their number three receiver right now. Um, yeah, look, I think Arizona are horribly overrated. Their offense is below average in an efficiency level. Sure, they have you know flashy plays with New Hopkins and, and Kyler Murray, but the 20th in DVOA on offense, it's real dinky and dunky stuff. Leighton Van Der Esch is, is trending towards playing. That's a massive boost to the Cowboys' offense. They just need some good players back on the field, and I just don't think that their rating has changed that significantly from Dak Prescott to, to Andy Dalton. And, and I'm a Prescott fan, but yeah, I just think at home here, division up for the grabs. I think Cowboys can can win at home, and and if they win quite comfortably, I'm going to have to wring my ears out because I'm sick of already of hearing that Dak won't be a Cowboy from um, a lot of mainstream media. Um, it just seems just clueless. The, the, t- the takes aren't necessary um, at all. But, yeah, I'm all over Dallas. Yeah, I mean, he probably won't get that franchise contract that he was uh, that he was looking at. But I think he I think he stays a I think he stays a cowboy. But yeah, look at it is hard to see to understand this line. I'd, I'd love the Cardinals to get the win here and, and keep the NFC East wide open for Philly to swoop late as as they did last year. But it's really hard to bet on that. Um, at the moment, like you said, Andy Dalton is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. You know, he could be starting for some teams. Uh, Chandler Jones now after the season doesn't help a, a defense that's trending the wrong way in Arizona. But like you mentioned at, at the top, I'm just not brave enough to bet on Dallas again after the last couple of weeks. I've been really strong on them bouncing back uh, in big ways the, the last fortnight, and they just haven't been able to do it. Um, this might be the week, but I'm not I'm not brave enough to, to bet on it again. Um, Van Der Esch is a huge in for the Cowboys, massive. Uh, but they have been carved up in the air every week so far this season. So I'm going to go back to the uh, DeAndre Hopkins well. Uh, 100 receiving yards at $2, which I think is just – I think that's, that's crazy money. It's overs. But pass he's, on, he's, the, uh, on the the game markets. Yeah. He's been solid. He's getting a, just a solid, like, floor of targets every he's single like week. like 15, 16 targets every week. It's just like – and the damage that he yeah. can do against this, this Cowboys secondary, it's, uh, yep. it could get scary. Yeah, I feel like Arizona could easily pull away, but I just think this this line value, especially moving across zero, similar to the to the 49ers line, I just I have to take it. And my numbers like it as well. Um, I think looking at my numbers, I've got this Arizona minus a half. So getting plus two and a half, a significant, or plus two, still, still a good, uh, took two and a half uh, yesterday, but... That's that's where we're at. Um, if right, if it was the win. other way around, if it was the other way around, I'd be much more inclined to take Arizona plus two. Oh, of course, <laughs> but, but I just, yeah, I just can't, just can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, I just, I don't know about Arizona. I was iffy about them, even when they were two and zero. Oh, I just, I just didn't. You quite, were, you were. To I be didn't fair. quite see it, but uh, yeah, they'll probably win by twenty now. Um, the Cowboys have been one of those teams for me this season. Um, lock of the week. We're going to go for a, for a total for the first time in the season. We're four one and one, but we're both sort of on the same page. Um, we're on the mm. same page with a few Tennessee, Minnesota, but uh, I think over and Pittsburgh. Uh, but over over fifty two here, the flat line of fifty two in San Fran, LA game seems to be the go for us. So uh, let's lock in lock in a total. Let's do it. We need to get back on yeah. the board after a loss for the lock last week. 
yeah, we, we were. Uh, it was coming. Um, I'm not sure. But, I'm not uh, sure if the fact that we're on the same page for a lot of a lot of markets this week bodes well for me because you've been on a on a decent run on the pod, or if it's really bad news for you. Or I've been yeah, horrible. So <laughs> um, we'll uh, revisionist history next week. Um, in hindsight, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll definitely just we'll know we'll know what's what's going on there. Um, but what what are your best bets this week? Uh, Minnesota minus four. Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Derek Henry over 105 rushing yards at a dollar eighty-seven, and I really like the, yep. the Titans there. And long shots, gone five dollars on Ronald Jones, 100 plus rushing yards at five dollars. Ten dollars on a same game multi. Tennessee minus three and a half into Derek Henry, 105 rushing yards at approximately three dollars fifty, and ten dollars on DeAndre Hopkins, 125 plus receiving yards, right. three dollars twenty. Beautiful. Uh, we had we we've been budgeting for the long shots sort of like twenty bucks a week just because it was easier to track than units because we're taking sort of uh, three three dollar plus odds here. So uh, we didn't have as many last week because a lot of st- a lot of the props are off the board. So uh, uh, a little bit more money to jam money for jam this week. But my best bets this week: Minnesota minus four, uh, Tennessee minus three and a half, and Dallas uh, plus two. Uh, my long shots, I've got a $10 double. I'm going with a, a, a double, Nick, a double on the Ooh. double. I know you love it. San Fran like plus it. three and a half, over 51 and a half at 335 in the LA uh, San Fran game. And then I'm on $5, Mark Andrews, 100 plus receiving yards at six bucks. And yeah, I'm with you on Derrick Henry. I think this is the game. He goes big. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like a 75-yard touchdown run in his, mm. in his future here. 150 plus rush yards at $4. So, uh, I like it. That's where I'm at with my long shots this week. And, yeah, I, I feel much better about week six slate this, this week as opposed to week five. So looking forward to a, a good weekend of football. Um, hopefully the Colts' um, COVID situation clears up and we get a, a good weekend of football. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it was uh, – with so many question marks on, on games, it just made the whole weekend feel questionable. It's uh, much, yeah. much more promising, much more positive this week. Yeah, much more clarity. All right, uh, that wraps up uh, week six of the punt return. A little bit, a uh, little bit later, a little bit different this week with no Thursday night football. I much prefer no Thursday night. Mm. Just gives us a bit more time to yeah, definitely. to put in the prep, and I prefer the two uh, two uh, Monday or Tuesday games, depending on what time zone where you're listening from games. But yeah, as always, you can catch the show uh, on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. You can follow Nick on Twitter at. Nick Splitter, and you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. And uh, until next week, um, good luck on the punt, and, uh, and we'll be back. <laughs>